Jim Leonard on the podium. I, I want to play the comments at 7 because there's a lot of them, so we're going to get a full – that's our longest segment of uh, the top of the hours. Uh, but, boys, right now, what is the state in the status of Wisconsin football? I know they're in a crossroads, and what do you expect or think to happen the rest of this year? Because, Rowdy, you were talking about it, and RJ, you were talking about it too when we were at the tailgate. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the rest of the schedule, this is before Wisconsin lost to Illinois. And you guys are like, well, if, if Wisconsin loses to Illinois, looking at the schedule – I don't really see too many wins left on here, so let's just go one by one. Uh, Rowdy RJ. <laughs> Rowdy and RJ. Evanston, Saturday, a place where the Badgers have a hard time to pl- playing. Win. Northwestern, the Wildcats. I think it's a win, too, and the reason being is I think you're going to get a little bit of a, a bump, a new head coach bump, and this kind of the secondary bump is playing for Paul Christ because they verbally said that. Yeah. now. Again, it also is Northwestern. They're, they're not pretty bad. They're not, they're not good. They got a new stadium. Uh, the, when are they going to break ground on that thing? 2026. And they're going to oh, have no. less people. 2023, and it'll be ready in 2026. And they're making it for less people. I'm still not sure it's been approved by the city of Evanston, though, yet. But for less people, correct? Like correct. It's, yeah, they're going down yeah. for capacity. I think that's saying. smart when you don't get that many people yeah. to come out. Having like a smaller, stadium. tighter uh, stadium that, that'll work in your favor. And then even even on like good days, like when they sell the place out, it's not your fans. No, like well, you, it's cool. you take the train down there, right? And yeah, yeah. I, I I've done it before. Uh, you and some of your buddies. I've done it before going to Milwaukee, taking the Hiawatha, and then Ubering. I've also gone to Kenosha, taken the Metra, and it drops you off right next to the stadium. And then you go get custard's la- or mustard's last mustard's stand. Mustard's last stand. Go get your hot dog and mm-hmm. settle in for a abysmal gray day where that, the Badgers may or may not win do, the game at Field. Train tailgating because you're allowed to drink on the train. Nice, dude. All right, up next then after Northwestern, so we're all going wins. You got Michigan State and East Lansing. See, this is a tough one. That is a tough one because Michigan State. I think if Michigan State was healthy, this is a loss, especially with how the Badgers have played the first five weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. But Michigan State has a ton of injuries, especially on the defensive side of the football. And again, it's it's a coin flip. I'll say... Since we haven't seen what they look like with Jim Leonard as the the head coach, and it's on the road with how bad the Badgers played, I'll take an L. RJ? I'm going the Ebu route. Win. Hell yeah. (laughs) How's Jalen Berger looking, by the way? He's For Sparty. He's looking. (laughs) All right, then after that, October 22nd, Wisconsin then comes back home after two weeks on the road, and it's the Purdue Boilermakers. 2.30 kick. Um, I'm going to take another L for Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. at the camp? It's at Camp Randall. I don't care. The thing that I care about is uh, Aiden O'Connell. He can I throw the football. Care. Purdue, they throw the football. Wisconsin has struggled in the secondary. Well, apparently you're getting one cornerback back this week in Alexander. RJ, Purdue at I, home. I'll stay with Purdue. RJ, or uh, Rowdy going to the L. Uh, you know. They kind of put something together to beat Minnesota uh, last week, and right now Minnesota's doing yeah, not what Wisconsin good. wants to do and a lot better than them. Um, I I think it's one that the Badgers could hang in there, but right now, judging what I've seen on the field. You going to Seabass on them? I, I, Three yeah. Boilermakers? All right, up next then, over there uh, the Maryland Terrapins. 
at Camp Randall, November 5th, TBD. Um, that will be an L. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa on the road. Well, Maryland's offense is really, They're really good. good this year. They have three, four receivers that uh, are probably like the little brothers to Ohio State's receiving core. Yeah. And their defense is playing a lot better than a normal Maryland defense. Mm -hmm. I would say Wisconsin's offense and defense is playing a lot worse than a normal Wisconsin's offense and defense. Give me another L. And Wisconsin is not a team that comes from behind to win ball games, right? And Maryland, they got a good offense. Yeah, not this year. Iowa on the road. Uh, I mean, I don't see how Wisconsin scores against that defense. And Wisconsin's defense is Rowdy was just talking about you too, RJ. Not but, the greatest. Can Iowa still, score? I, I mean, I took it. I said I'll take an L against Michigan State in that toss-up game. I'll give them a win against oh, Iowa. Whoa, Rowdy! It's the ugliest football game you might have ever watched. Three to two, but I think they win. Yeah, the ugliest football game I ever watched was that overtime game between LSU Alabama that everybody said was the game of the century that was only field goals. <laughs> Well, but this this could was, turn into was, only field goals. But, some safeties. but it's a horrible game as opposed to an SEC game where greatest teams ever, that's why they can't score. All right, uh, this one, I mean, Scott Frost got Scott Frosted, then Paul Chris got Scott Frosted. Nebraska in Lincoln, Wisconsin. I'll take Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Just because the Nebraska defense is bad, bad. Bad, bad. And they took away the black. Wisconsin seats, will be able to score and I think stop Nebraska just enough, even though... I'm really not confident in many of these games, but <laughs> no. I'll take a I'll take a win for Wisconsin. And then finally, the last game of the season. Oh, by the way. Oh, never mind. And finally, last game of the season. Row, row, row your boat. PJ Fleck rows his boat to Camp Randall. The Gophers, the Badgers, November twenty sixth. Yeah, this is going to be an L. Oh my God, RJ, this is the most disgusting of all of them, too. Yep. The axe returns to Minneapolis. Oh, no. So that means, uh, let's see. For here on out, they have seven games. Got a win against Northwestern for me. Well, you gave them four wins, so that's bowl eligibility. Oh, no, yeah. I knew I gave three. Oh. Because I had Northwestern, Iowa, Nebraska. Oh, yeah, I gave them Michigan State. Johnny, or so one of our listeners, I got, him, I got him going five and seven. One of our listeners, Vega Manjani, said he had a nightmare before the season started that the Badgers would not get a bowl game, breaking their bowl. Uh, he did say that. He did. So I got him five and seven. RJ's got him six and six. God, I see. I kind of, I lean five and seven. With, I'm nervous about this Northwestern game. See, I could literally see them going two and ten. Dude, they don't play good at Ryan Field. The team's like broken right now. How crazy is it to say <laughs> that you could see a team going two and ten? Or you could see the team going nine and three. Well, it's, it's very nine. crazy. I can't see him going nine. Like potential wise, <laughs> with how these other teams them. are and what Wisconsin sure. has on paper, it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden they played like the Wisconsin Badgers you thought they were supposed to be, and they rattled off that many wins. Now, do I think it happens? No, I just told you they'd win three. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it could. But but it wouldn't surprise. Well, it surprised me a little bit with how they played. But at the beginning of the year, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll uh, get comments from Jim Leonard. Uh, he's got a message to the team he wants to get across. Uh, Dougie just, just called not. in a little bit ago. And I, I know Doug and many other people like Doug have been wanting Jim Leonard to be the head coach for quite some time. Like, the, we got to get Jim Leonard the head coach. You can't let him, you know, leave for, you know, like, the Packers want him as a DC or other college programs, or maybe the NFL comes knocking for another position. He needs to be the HC, the head coach. Well, now that it is happening, he's the interim head coach. 
a lot of the same people, and I'm not calling you out, Dougie, but it's, you know, I, I, the same people I've heard saying call for him to be the head coach are now saying, I don't know if he should be the head coach. Like, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, I guess, in this scenario. Or the grass isn't always green on the other side. Boys, this is a trial run, right, for Jim Leonard? Like, this is... I, I don't think it's... The job's his, right? Yeah. Next season, like, I, I would fully imagine Jim Leonard's the name, the head coach, after the season's over. Yeah. Once the quote-unquote coaching search is done. Well, that's why he's clearly the favorite on every betting website where you can bet futures on head coaching positions. Jim Leonard is the clear-cut favorite, and I think that's exactly it. I mean, since Jim Leonard was brought onto the staff and it moved up to defensive coordinator and they've had the type of success that they've had under Jim Leonard, I think it's pretty much every single person's idea that he was going to be the next head coach in line. Yeah. I think, and you would have to imagine with that much, I'm sure the athletic department was thinking the same thing, especially with the fact that it's, it's Jim Leonard, a former Badger, a former walk on an NFL player. Like, Oh yeah. From the state. He's a Wisconsin guy. It makes sense. But I was also in the camp where I was going to allow Paul Chris to finish out the season, see what they could do. Then we're definitely going to have conversations depending on how the season ended for the future, Mm -hmm. whether that be Jim Leonard. Cause again, he's never been a head coach before. He didn't even look how quick his ascension has been. He was never even a, a coach at any level until the Badgers hired him. Yeah. So obviously he knows what he's doing, but there's always a different step from defensive back coach to defensive coordinator to head coach. And would I, would I be all right with them hiring Jim Leonard for sure? Unless these next seven games look disastrous, like even worse than what we saw. He's kind of in a hard, in a tough spot though, because just because he's named interim head coach doesn't change the flaws of the Badgers players. Like for me, like as an athletic director, if you could have some huge big time college football name, it'd be, and they, they're willing to come to Madison. It'd be hard for me not to hire one of them. And then they have some of these other names that are kind of like these, these risers all of a sudden this season, like the Lance Leipold's of the world and some of these guys. And it's like, I could see them going in another direction if they thought that, you know, this guy had enough connections to Wisconsin or this guy is, is just a known commodity in the college football world. Yeah. But I'm, I'm with you. I think a heavy favorite has to be Jim Leonard. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're going to give him the job. Uh, and, let's hear yeah. part. Part of it is, People are saying, well, look what's happened the last two weeks. And they, they're they blaming the losses on the defense. Well, Ohio State, pretty much everybody pictured it to be a blowout. I'm going to anyway. blame the Ohio State loss on the entire roster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on literally the, everything. The, the entire roster is just not good enough. Then top to bottom. you look at the Illinois loss. 20 of those points were scored from Illinois starting inside the 50. Yeah, turn over. It was offense turning it over. It was... Or, you know, fumbling it. Yeah. Um, 14 of those points were aided by phantom pass interference calls that put the ball on the one-yard line. What is the one thing that if you were like the athletic department or on a board where you're going to be hiring the next Wisconsin football head coach that you would love to hear and be like, this could actually swayed me to hiring this said guy over a Jim Leonard. We're getting rid of Wildcat. 
We're, we're, I think for me, <laughs> it would be somebody that's, that's <laughs> offensive minded that can recruit quarterbacks. Yeah. Now that was what Paul Christ was supposed to be. Now, he did land. He, I will say, Paul Man, Chris, from when he, of quarterback ever they've ever had. when he started at OC to even being the head coach, for the majority of those guys that he coached, he got the most out of them. Or if they brought in as two or three stars, he made them three and four stars. I would say he did do a good job at that. But the Graham Mertz thing, with all the hype over. that he had, and then he went with Mertz over Cone, for him to fall so flat, that was a huge hit for Paul Christ. And that would that was I think that's one of the big ones where he didn't make him better or hasn't really made him better. You're also talking about a time though where he transitioned out of being in the, in the quarterback room day to day, and, and that's that could where, be part of the problem. And, yeah. and I think that's part of the problem for the head coach is if you're that good, and I've said this for a while, why are you giving that up? Yeah, I don't. You don't. I don't need you to delegate roles if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we're finding out uh, Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, over there in Denver. Uh, it, it's crazy how good of a head coach you can be when you weren't play calling for or the Packers. when you were like third in line. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> think about, think about this. All right. S- s- a lot of people like the Lance Leipold angle, right? Yep. Guy that won, won national titles at Whitewater, went to Buffalo, turned that team around. Now at Kansas, turning that team around, they're five and oh, so he's very happy at Kansas, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's got the connections. And I'm not, this isn't me advocating for Lance Leipold. I'm just sitting there thinking if I was part of this board or AD and, and I maybe wasn't necessarily sold on Leonard. You have Lance Leipold that has a connection. He more of an offensive guy. And then say he can get Jalen Daniels to transfer with him. We saw Lincoln Riley take, <laughs> yeah. we saw Lincoln Riley take Caleb Williams to USC with him. A lot of these for guys, five yeah, a lot of these guys in this new transfer portal, easy transfer era. It, they can just leave and go for one year with the coach that recruited them that they liked, that the offense that they enjoyed, and follow them to the new school. And you're seeing more and more if, of that. If he came in and said, I can make uh, pull a Willie Beeman style thing in any given Sunday, yes, I'd be like, you know what? That's you're what I'm saying. Head. Yeah, right. Like I'm, if you, if you can you. find if, a coach that is solid and then they're saying, hey, I got this guy that wants to transfer and I got this guy that wants to come in because clearly Wisconsin needs an upgrade at quarterback. And if you plan on beating the Ohio States or contending with some of these teams, you have to get better quarterback play. That's a start because normally we know that the defense is going is decent. Now, they didn't look decent against uh, Ohio or Ohio State. They didn't look decent against Illinois, but we know there's a lot of talent that's young and inexperienced, and we would we would imagine the next couple of years that they take those steps and get better and better, mm-hmm. and then hopefully in two years they're a top 15 defense again. But if you're telling me that you could get a solid head coach that might have some ties and he's going to bring in a good quarterback that's been proven – it would be it would be interesting for me being on a board or an AD saying, actually, I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind him uh, bringing the cornerback uh, Kobe Bryant with him either. That dude's doing awesome. This well, year. that's that's what I'm saying. If you get the right coach with the right connections that can bring in players where you might have some holes on your roster, mm-hmm. do it. It could be it could be enough for some people to say maybe maybe we want to go in a different direction. I mean, heck. Uh, like that being said, said I still think Jim Leonard's going to be hired. <laughs> Lincoln Riley brought over a quarterback. That being said. And then also almost an entire recruiting class to USC. Yeah. Exa- they got 
So many guys out of the transfer portal, like the Caleb Williams of the world, that followed him to USC. Yep. They added some other players that didn't go to US or didn't go to Oklahoma that were bigger time players. And some of those big time recruits that were headed to other places go, actually, I kinda liked USC and I kinda liked Lincoln Riley, and now they're together. Let's do it. I'm pulling my commitment to Texas. I'm coming to USC. Right. Yep. And I think this USC team and Lincoln Riley are a lot better this year than a lot of people thought they were going to be. Jim Leonard on the podium yesterday. Let's see here. A lot of, you know, a lot of questions, right, for Jimmy. Let's see here. He says, even before the Chris news, it was time to stop talking and start playing. We got to stop talking, guys. We, we actually just have to go put in the work and get it done. Like, the results have to start showing up. And there's plenty of plays every week that it's there and you say we got a chance right but there's enough every single week here that that can or or have gotten us beat and we just got to focus on becoming a smarter team and and take advantage of our opportunities okay well in this uh, a smarter team and take he did say opportunities he did say opportunities did he say appreciate let's hear some more clips here he says he believes in the vision though of paul chris for the program and he plans to continue it i mean Let's hear the clip, then we'll Those talk about boosters. it. We're playing a, a team at home that's always given us trouble at their place, and you know, we gotta we got to bring our A game going in there. we got to play much cleaner football than we have been. right? That's why we're in this situation. So i got a ton of respect for the vision Coach Christ had for this team. We're going to follow it through, and, and we're going to start playing better football just as, as the players envisioned it, just as the staff and, uh, and the coaches have as well. You buy that? The vision of Paul Chris are going to continue on with it? I mean, his vision wasn't, hey, let's be the worst we can be ever. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I don't he, think his vision was to, you know, be 0 2 in Big Ten play. Like, I, I'm not sure it's going to happen because you go back to Keanu Benton coming out and say, I got in people's faces and it didn't phase them. Yeah, think about this. Keanu I Benton. called out the offensive line and they did absolutely nothing. Yeah. And Nick Herbig was like, you know, wait till, you know, he's called a fan base saying, well, you know, wait till we keep that same energy. Let's see what we do against Illinois. Well, then they got embarrassed. There's another moment, too, where they're talking about the, you know, the team and it felt like it was lost. Like, there's no emotion in it. Right. And there's no emo- when you look like, at him on the field, you, there's no emotion. You can make a coaching change. And unless the firing lights the fire under their ass, nothing's going to happen. Like, this team has come out flat in every, every game. game. Yeah, every game. You've just played one of the worst teams in college, in FBS and in FCS school. Both of those, yes, you should have steamrolled, and you did. So on Good. that. But, like, after that, you came out flat against Washington State. Well, it seems like any time they have a a path of resistance, they quit. Yeah. Yeah, and Ken O'Bannon said that. Remember we were playing those clips like yeah. you were just talking so about. So they will continue to beat the teams that they are just by far better than, so maybe Northwestern is an easy win. It's never easy in Evanston, though. True. But other than that, all the other teams, you're going to have somewhat comparable talent, at least to somewhat of a level where you don't have the biggest advantage. Like Iowa, yeah. they still recruit talent. Minnesota's still getting talent. Nebraska still recruits talent. Mm-hmm. So... The two games where you've won is where you have the overwhelming amount of talent on the field and you are able to impose your will. Every single game since, Illinois is not where Illinois is going to be in two years under Brett Bielema. No. Washington State under Jake Dickert, 
I'm sure if he's there long enough, I'm sure they're going to get better. They will ascend. Especially if they continue to play well this year. Yep. Those were the only two teams, though. Obviously, Ohio State was going to beat their ass, and that was basically from the start. Mm -hmm. But those other two teams gave the Badgers resistance, and And they quit. quit, And they made terrible mistakes, and they it was ugly. And when you continue to quit, you're just you're just losers. Let me get back to Jim Leonard's comments here. So I'd said this too. You know, we were wondering this: like, does the team are they flat? Have they quit? Are they broken? Especially with the firing of Paul Chris, you go look at the Twitter, they're all tweeting like he died. It's like it's like they're having a eulogy every tweet they have. And I, I agree with you. Listening to that Jim Leonard quote right there, how he goes, and Paul's vision is going to live on. He's alive. It, it, does, it does sound like it was almost like a legendary coach that passed away, and now you're, you're remembering like, Go look him. at some of their Twitter accounts. It's I, like they're doing eulogies for Paul Chris. Right, Jim Leonard talks about the emotion, a lot of emotion. But for a team that cared this much about their coach, they sure didn't show it on the field. Here's a, here's Jimmy Leonard on the, the message to the team on how to deal with the emotions but get back to work. I guess my message to the team, kind of starting yesterday, kind of let it, let it settle in, get out of the building a little bit, let it hurt. Brought them back in in the morning for a team workout, wanted to look them all in the eyes at the same time and just say we, we, kind of a big lesson we got to learn is how to compartmentalize the emotion of it not trying to brush it aside not trying to make it go away but we have to be able to to focus and what did they say there rj had to uh to what with the emotion compartmentalize serenity now sanity later i mean lloyd Brown. obviously it's very emotional locker room you see on the twitter accounts how emotional they are it's this team i mean you can use this as a galvanizing moment to really like you know get after it or mm-hmm. you're gonna be losing to northwest okay so RJ and I both said this last week. This game against Illinois will kind of be a great measuring stick on uh, to see what the Wisconsin Badgers will do the rest of the season because they could win against anybody going forward if they looked good against Illinois or if they looked bad, they could lose to anybody moving forward. Now, you lost. You got embarrassed. People were booing the team. People left the stadium early. Mm-hmm. The The calls for Paul Chris Jobs got louder and louder and louder. They were received. But the message was received both by the athletic department, the coaching staff, and the players. Now what are you going to do about it? You coach, execute. You, the AD fired your coach. Yeah. Your coach is now gone, and you're crying and remembering your coach and saying you're going to play the rest of the season for your coach. So what are you going to do against Northwestern? If they pack it in and look awful against Northwestern, this season's over. Yeah. Like they, it, it's over, over. They might not win another game. In in this series, the home team has won five of the last seven. And could have been... Six of the last seven, yeah. but Jazz PV didn't catch it. If, yeah, would you agree it. that if they come out flat against Northwestern over. and and Northwestern, they play Northwestern to less than a touchdown game, they will probably lose every single game after Northwestern? Very well could. I have three phone calls, one second. One more from, uh, I'm going to get to the phone calls just after this clip here. Uh, Jim Leonard does say, though, he has confidence in the group. Here's what they have to do, though. Execute. We still have confidence in this football team, right? We've played a lot of good football this season. 
Not enough, right? Not enough. So we still have confidence in this group that we can reach a lot of goals that we set. We have confidence that we can get this thing turned the right direction. The reality of we have not done enough, right? We have not done enough. We have to hold each other accountable and and go out and execute. A big round of applause. How about our Milwaukee Brewers getting it done in crush time, crunch time. Wait. Oh, oh. They've uh, been knocked out of the playoffs. That's what it was. Eric Lauer, no hit ball, Rowdy. Brewers win three to nothing. Luis Arias, three of four. Garrett Mitchell with the digger. Yeah, how about the crew really turning it on at the end of the season? <laughs> Woo! And the 5,000 fans in attendance <laughs> were very appreciative of that. All right. So I don't know if I'm crazy or not. So I'm on um, uh, ESPN.com. And on the top, it says uh, top events, and I'm on the MLB ticker. That's on the top of the website. So I'm looking at the ticker. The Bru- There is no Milwaukee Brewers on the ticker. I, am I crazy? Rowdy, go to ESPN.com and look at the ticker at top. Tell me if you see uh, Brewers uh, and Diamondbacks. I, I don't see it. Like, that's how unimportant the Brewers are. You got to go to MLB, then hit scores. Then opens a new a new page, and then I see it. But Rowdy, if you go to the ESPN.com and you go, you see the ticker. Are am I crazy, or am I not seeing it, or are the Brewers and Diamondbacks not up there on the ticker? Well, why would you put them on there? What moron would be going and searching for Brewer scores? <laughs> I guess this moron right matter. <laughs> Me, I guess. Uh, no, but Eric Lauer, how about this man? It's so hilarious. The Brewers, uh, I mean, it's it's just it's just funny to me. Uh, Eric Lauer, six innings, no hit ball. Uh, he thought he gave up a hit. It was just an error to him. And then what? You got Jake Cousins and Pete Struz likely. Uh, Struz, how the hell? Doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. Brewers win, but it's for not the series and or season finale. Season finale today. Last game of the season. Let's Put them out of the misery. Well, there they are out of the misery. Done. D-U-N. The season is over today for the Milwaukee Brewers. But out of baseball, something very special happened. Wanted to get a little history. Let's see here. There it is, Rowdy. Aaron Judge uh, beating Roger Maris's record. 62 dingers under his belt, setting the AL record. The home run king is in New York. How's it feel, Rowdy? We uh, Did you think, A, was it going to happen before the season was over? Or he'd stay tied with Maris? And B, now that it has happened, how's it feel? Well, I think... Me, like everybody else that watches live sports, <laughs> it's like finally. saw a ton of Aaron Judge at bats down the stretch. They like forced you to watch it. And he was clearly pressing hard. Like some of his at bats were awful. Almost every single game on MLB Network was featured with the Yankees. Yeah. Or if you were watching like ESPN college football, they'd cut in for an Aaron Jones home or uh, at bat. He was totally pressing the last couple of weeks, but yeah, he got it. It's over. <laughs> and uh, now there's one day left. Uh, can he beat the true home run King in one day, Rowdy? 
No. Barry Bonds? I don't think so. Remember when the Brewers were selling that he might be able to... Uh, <laughs> do to, <laughs> Yeah, to do this against the Brewers like two <laughs> weeks ago. I do. I totally do. And then they also... Hey, you, you had it lined up that Albert Pujols could have passed 700 against the Milwaukee Brewers. Didn't happen, but it could have. Well, that was more realistic, and the timeline fit a lot better than Aaron Judge cranking five home runs in, like, two days. Yeah, Aaron Judge, 62, bing, 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 bing. Who's the home run king, Rowdy? Who's the home run king? Yeah. Well, if you're going to believe in steroids and and players that took them should be in the Hall of Fame, then you technically would say it's Barry Bonds. 73. I, you know how they kept like Roger Maris Jr. and all the family around, like oh, literally like on watch for two weeks oh, for yeah. him to get it. He finally said how Aaron Judge is the the clean yep. home run champ. He was throwing flames at Barry Bonds and stuff. Well, what if five years from now we find out Aaron Judge was using? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at I mean Aaron Judge is a freak of nature. You look at him; he's the dude is just a, a behemoth of a man, but. I think that's why what makes Roger Maris more impressive for doing what he did back in the day, hitting 61, is, uh, I mean, I know they didn't probably throw as hard. Well, they definitely didn't throw as hard. But the fact that, like, these guys are, like, smoking heaters and, you know, like, going farming and shout out to all the farmers out there, World Dairy Expo in full swing, and all these dudes out there rowdy, like, like being average Joe Schmoes. Do you think anyone, when Maris did it, looked like Aaron Judge at that time? Physique-wise? You would actually be surprised. I know there's some fit dudes, but like Judge is a freak. You should go back and look at some of the photos of some of these old guys. Like they were just naturally fit, naturally strong. Do you think they were in the gym though, just cranking out like weights like Aaron Judge does? No, but not. You don't always have to. No, going in no. the gym does not make you correct. Life uh, strong, but that's what makes it more impressive for me for those dudes back then doing it. Because I mean. There were freaks of nature, don't get me wrong, but there's more of them today just because that's like their full-time job is to work out and play sports. But you go look at these records, and um, I don't know. Looking at records, to me, you still got to do it. I know he's uh, taking roids. Barry Bonds. I don't know why baseball just doesn't embrace their history. You still got to do it. Barry Bonds, 73, insane. I mean, I kind of lean Bonds. Do you lean Bonds in this rowdy, or you uh, usually you know the Bonds? I would lean Bonds, but also say that you also have to make the the difference in yeah, the, little, the clean. Yeah. And I'll say Aaron Judge did it clean until it comes out he didn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, embrace your history, baseball. Why why turn your back on history? It's part of the game. Everyone, you know, decades from now, is going to be talking about how. Okay, well, Bonds had 73. Well, yeah, he was doping. Yeah, well, I know, but he still had to do it. Embrace your history. And I would say celebrate your history. Learn from your history. All right, so we'll get more into uh, some Major League Baseball. Not too much. Brewers are out. Brewers are done. Uh, the Milwaukee Ewers, the Milwaukee Booers, uh, they stink. One last game today, then they're done. Thank God. A couple years ago, you were the man, homie. Talking to you, Christian Yelich. Yelly. Couple. How many years is it going now? It's over three. Three? How about this, Roddy? Christian ne- Yelich. Next season is the 2023 season, Ebo. Yeah. He was the favorite to win the MVP going into the last month of the season in 2019. 
Doesn't seem like that long ago, but then you think about it, and it is. The last time Christian Yelich was good, you had no idea what the hell COVID-19 was. Simpler times. The sim- it, We were in the before time, Rowdy. The before time was so much better. Well, Christian Yelich, Rowdy, making some comments after the Brewers were also out of the playoff picture because of the, the Phillies. Take a listen for a, a little bit here. It's from Adam McKelvey. Here, just just listen to Yelly. Craig said it felt like you know the story of the season was kind of you know one step forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty much. Just just, yeah, not really being able to to build on it, and you know, and personally for me, I feel like each one of those playoff teams we've had kind of had a an identity and a, and a way to win. Like we knew our formula to win the game. Um, pause it right there. The uh, the past two reiterations of the playoff Brewers were uh, an identity to the team. There was an identity for the team, and they found ways to win. What's the identity of the 2022 Milwaukee Brewers, besides now losers? I would say the identity of this year's Brewers team, if you just clearly go look at the numbers, it was try to put, excuse me, try to put guys on base, hit home runs, Get as much out of your starter as you can for uh, not not necessarily innings wise, but stuff wise, and then watch the bullpen blow it. <laughs> Their identity, mean, the identity of this Brewers team, was supposed to be the exact identity of the 2021 team. Now, the 2021 team, if we all remember, they got big se- big half a season from Rowdy Telez. They got a a big five-sixths of a season out of uh, Willie Adamas, because remember that trade was in May. Yeah. And they were going to try and build off of that, continue to have the really good shutdown pitching with the really good shutdown bullpen. Again, all they were looking to do was score a little bit more and hit a few more home runs than they did in, in That's 20, why they hired two hitting coaches. In 2021, which they actually did do that. They hit more home runs this year, and they scored more runs per game. So they, they actually did get better at that. The only thing that failed them was the pitching side. They expected that bringing back all of these same guys, they were going to be really, really good again. Yeah. Well, injuries was the biggest. Injuries was number one big issue for the pitching side of things because you look at it and what? Woodruff missed over a month. Freddie Peralta missed a total of like three months. Mm-hmm. Um Ashby had multiple stints on the IL. Lauer was on the IL. Like pretty much any starting pitcher that you can think of that's worth a, worth a damn yeah. was on the IL except for I think Corbin Burns. Yeah. Uh, and right. then the the even the 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 one thing with the bullpen on why it stunk. Yeah, obviously Josh Hader had his two, 3 to 4 week blip and then post Josh Hader trade <laughs> Taylor Rogers was complete Hot garbage. And then on top of that, the team just didn't look right. But I would even say leading up to the hater trade in August, you think about one of the things that um, David Stearns does really, really well when he constructs a roster. It's always finding those relievers that come out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and they throw the ball really well and you get a lot of good innings out of them. And all of a sudden their stuff seems like it's playing up a tick. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the year, it looked like they were going to have that. Remember, Jake Cousins was really, really good for the Brewers in 2021. Well, he, he, go- was injured for- he goes down right in the first couple weeks. 
Kirk Cousins' cousin, Jake Cousins. Remember, Trevor got the first two, three months of yep. the season was money, and then all of a sudden he had a couple injuries and oh, he yeah. found his way onto the IL. Oh, yeah. uh, Gustave was pretty serviceable, and you could get him in there. He went down and has been on the injured list for a while. Miguel Sanchez was one of those triple uh, A uh, arms that was going to be kind of shoveled back and forth between the majors and triple A. He came up with an injury and, and was hurt. Luis Perdomo was kind of in that same boat as Miguel Sanchez, supposed to be that triple A arm that could be shuffled back and forth between the two uh, levels and give you some decent innings. He came up lame with injury. So the identity of the Brewers is injured. It was injuries. And then it was underperforming when healthy. Underwhelming. Just, just look at what the Brewers starting rotation did. If you actually look at their numbers, yeah, Burns isn't quite as good as what he was in 2021. Well, he was the freaking Cy Young winner. The dude only had one way to go, and it was down. Yeah, I mean. Now, are you going to say that Corbin Burns not being as good as he was in 2021 was the issue? No. No, Corbin Burns was still a really freaking good pitcher. Brandon Woodruff, same thing. Woody... His numbers were slightly down from 2021, but he was still, once he got his fingers right, the feeling of his fingers, he was really, really good. Renowned syndrome, was that what it was? When Freddie Peralta, you look at Freddie Peralta's final numbers, yeah, the numbers are a little higher. The dude dealt with shoulder fatigue and a, what did he, he tore something slightly yeah, or some strained sh- yeah, something in his shoulder. Yeah. That hampered him. Even when you look at the final numbers for Ashby and Hauser and and some of these guys that were really actually good for them in 2021, they weren't bad. No. That's the thing. Like, Hauser looked awful for half the season, but he was actually pretty good for the other half of the season. His final numbers was like a roughly a, a guy with an ERA at four and a half. In the grand scheme of things, that's not bad for a guy that you were hoping would be like your fifth back end of your their bullpen just guy. stunk. Their bullpen stunk, and they the starting pitching just wasn't as good as it was in 2021. But they were a top five unit in 2021. Remember the articles were who was going to have the best rotation in baseball? Was it yeah. going to be the Mets? Was it going to be the Brewers? Yep. And they threw a out lot some of people of these going Brewers. Yeah, they didn't live up to that, but they weren't bad. No. They weren't awful. They didn't cost you. But the bullpen, when you had a team that was supposed to be like a top five ish top eight bullpen and that's where they finished in 2021 and that as of yesterday was 17 not good yeah. that's the fall off. all right question we've been waiting for this day or this night it happened last night um and now we can start talking about it take a listen Now, Ebo, that was all fine and dandy. Hey, Barry Bonds is 73, by the way. Yeah, Barry Bonds has 73. Roger Maris had 61. Now Aaron Judge has 62. Is it the best clean home run season? It is for now, but technically Barry Bonds was clean too because he never tested positive for steroids. 73. Wink, wink, but I get it. Hey, that head's not going to grow itself. I'm just thankful that they're not 
going to be cutting in to any more live sporting events on ESPN. They're going to make you watch it like Bird Box. The fact that every single game in the last two weeks, I swear to God. Look at me. MLB Network featured the Yankees because of this. I know. First, they shoved it in your face. Yankees Red Sox series. It's like, I'm so sick and tired of Yankee Red Sox. Now it's Aaron Judge. And I get it. It's a big deal, obviously. You, you hit 62. Barry Bonds is 73. But, Ebo, this is the last day of the 2022 Major League Baseball regular season. It is the last game that the Milwaukee Brewers will be playing today. First pitch, <laughs> 310. But that's the thing. It's the last day that I will openly bitch about the Milwaukee Brewers. I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. We will have I don't believe you. We will have one more recap day once the season is officially over where we will talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll talk about individual players. But I this don't is, believe you, Rowdy. Th- that will be almost like a uh, you know, constructive criticism end of the year. Here we go. This is my last day where I get to bitch about this season and this team because it's their last game they actually play. I don't I don't believe you. We'll, I will see unless they do something, but that's kind of what I'm, what I've been thinking about the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. The season you. is over, it's fine, but it's fine. Where do the brewers go from here? Well, here, we'll get to the brewers coming up. I wanted to bring this up though on the, on the Aaron judge thing. We have one more day of brewers to disappoint us. Here's my question. 62 home runs record is broken for Roger Maris jr. Or Roger Maris. Excuse me. The fan who caught the ball, Corey Eumanns, hit the jackpot. A lifetime catch last night. The historic souvenir. Came sailing in the front row of Section 31 in left field. He snagged the fly ball, or the home run. He is a from Dallas, works in the financial world, and he said uh, there's no telling or what the ball could be worth yet. He had security personnel around him as he took the ball to be authenticated. And he was asked what he planned to do with the ball. He said, good question. I haven't thought about it. Now, we were having stories ready. This ball could be upwards of, what, $1.5 million? What did you say his job was? He's a financial, uh, works in the financial world. He already knows what he's doing. He's cashing in. Yeah. Here's my question. Do you, and I already know your answer, but I'm going to ask anyways. Do you hang on to the ball? You sit on it and wait for the highest bidder to come knocking? Or do you give it to Aaron Judge, the guy who broke the record? Well, first off, he's a financial advisor. I'm going to look at and see where I sit financially. But you just caught <laughs> a you just caught a lottery ticket. If if I am in a pretty decent spot financially, probably going to hold on to that ball for a while. Yep. Because well, it's only going to grow with time. It's only going to become more and more expensive yep. over time. It'll be the allure of it too, the mystery of it. Like how come this guy won't give it up? Yeah. And, uh, or it's, it's the la- it's the best clean home run yep. season. Do you think somebody next year is going to hit 63? Like probably not I since it took this long no. for somebody to hit 61 si- years. Yeah. It's 62 quote unquote cleanly it Took 61 years. So you probably have a few years that you buy yourself of, uh, it gaining value. Mm hmm. Also, I know since you were talking about the guy that got it, did you see the guy that didn't get it that went for it? He jumped over and fell. I mean, these people were risking their lives to get this ball. The guy jumped over the railing completely. And and we're talking like he was probably like 10, 10, 15 feet away. I think he was hoping that it would be dropped 
behind, you know, drop down behind the fence and he'd be down there because yeah. he totally this jumped dude, out out of nowhere and fell probably yeah. like 10, he, 12 He fell feet. like 10 feet down into like the, the, the depths. Of- <laughs> hey, he put his body on the line just in case that ball squeaked through people's hands and landed what down a, there. I mean, this guy, I mean, you're the first <laughs> That was his role. only shot. Uh, he, he tried it. He tried it. They say Yankees booth reacts a scary moment when fan jumps from stands <laughs> yeah. for his ball. Do you keep the ball? Do you sit on it and say, I want my money. It's my money. I want it. I would. You, to- uh, you, you just you caught totally a lottery ticket. You totally sit on it because. Sorry, Aaron Judge. That's my ball. The sooner that you get rid of it, the less you're going to get for it. Yeah. If you even if you sat on this for like a month until baseball season was over and the Yankees season was over, obviously you're going to get more for it then. So and then again, ten years from now, if no one's done it, it's going to be worth that much more. Aaron Judge said after the game, "Quote: I don't know where it's at. The ball. We'll see what happens with that. It would be great to get it back, but that's a souvenir for a fan." He made a great catch out there, and they've got every right to it. And Albert, Pujol, Albert Pujol said the same thing about a 700th home run ball. He said, you know, it's, the, it's, for, it's for the fans. It's a souvenir. And think about, think about uh, what he just said there. The fan made a nice catch. Yeah, he did catch it. Remember the, the turd in Toronto? <laughs> it was hit right at him. Yeah. And he dropped it, yeah. and they were estimating that that baseball would be about five hundred thousand uh-huh. to a million dollars. Could you imagine playing baseball, probably from when you were five till about eighteen? You're a big baseball fan. You yeah. played from you played from t-ball to the end of high Just school. Think of how many how many pop-ups and you, you have a ball worth $500,000 to a million dollars coming right at you. And all you have to do is catch it and you blow it. And you, blow and you it. drop it. Do you think that the, guy, do you think his wife divorced him right there? And there? <laughs> like you did what, honey? I feel like you would have to take, you would have to step away from baseball. If you're a coach, you'd have to I go like you'd have to turn. I, you'd have to turn the whistle in. You'd if, have to go like Bartman on if it. If you play slow pitch softball, you can never play slow pitch. You'd softball have to be like again. Bartman and just disappear for years. <laughs> Like, you got to go live under a rock, yeah. especially if, if you're a big baseball fan and you played it your whole life. And that moment, the biggest moment of your, what we'd call baseball career was away. to catch the fly ball Choke and it away. you couldn't do it, man. I think it's a better look for the guy that actually jumped down 10 feet, trying to, well, the, trying to hopefully it, it fell down and he'd be the guy down the there. The guy that jumped to try to get it. He was like 20 feet away. No, from I get the what he was landed. doing though. Oh, so, no, it's because it would go down if, under if the. People start fighting yeah, for then, it and it gets knocked over. Yeah. He's so far away from where it was hit. So he's running he's, underneath. Yeah, he's 10 15. He dives out. If he if it's not down there, you're going to be escorted <laughs> out, or maybe they feel bad that you <laughs> fell over. Or two, it's down there. You're going to be the one to pick it up. You might have two broken ankles, but you're going to crawl But you can that play ball. it off. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones quick. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? What up, boys? Mitch and Madison. Mitch and Ma- Mitchell. What's up, dude? Yeah, dude, yeah. The guy that dove down there, he hedged his bet, you know? <laughs> he just came uh, up snake eyes. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm I'm holding on to the ball for sure, especially with the way the market is. I mean, Aaron is Judge is just... up for, what did he turn on, a $300 million contract? Yeah, he turned down a lot of money this year, bet on himself. And he, and, ain't, uh, he ain't hurting. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, keep the ball the guys in finance himself i mean you could literally that could be a retirement plan you know however old the guy is and let's say he wants to retire it looks 60. like he's in his like 30s like late 30s yeah I'd say. 
I mean, everything's just going up right now, so you have to think that some rich person, you know, in 30 years will want to buy it for whatever. Even if it's no longer the record, it's still, it's a Yankee, and whether we like oh, it or yeah, not, yeah. they're, you know. Um, so I, I, it's, I, it's unless, I absol- yeah, unless I absolutely needed the money, I'm keeping it, you know, yep. locked away somewhere. Yep, no doubt. And, dude, Rowdy, okay, if you're going to stop, this is what I think you should do. You got. Oh, he said he's going to stop bitching about the Brewers after tomorrow? Yeah. I don't believe just, Yeah, you got to have you got to have Rowdy's rants. You got to have a segment, Rowdy's rants. What do you mean? That's every time the mic just, comes on. I was going to, yeah, I guess you're <laughs> right about that. Well, like, specific to the Brewers where, because, I mean, because uh, what's going to happen is you'll, you'll, you'll rant about them and then, you know they'll start making moves and and then you'll and want to rant about those too and and hey, so. the, the Brewers. Well, that was that was, was the, the one thing that house. I was going to say. It's it's the I'm done, but if they make right. a trade in the off season, then I get to gotcha. done with the past season. Okay. All right. Oh well, the pa- this season that just happened will definitely yeah. be coming up a lot in the future. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything yes, else, sir. Mitch? My my guy. Anything else? No, man. Um, I mean, I'm still I'm going to two more Badger games this year. Uh, hey, be at the Red Zone. We don't stop either. Come on, yeah. Down. Well, I'm gonna have. There's gonna be a lot more room in the stands. I think you know. I'll <laughs> be able to stretch my legs a little bit. Yeah, yeah. totally, dude. Come hang out yeah. with the boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. See you, buddy. I see you. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's the one thing. If they lose to Northwestern. There's going to be a lot of open seats for Badger games and people trying to put tickets up for sale or even just give them away. And that's the, yeah. that's the nice part about uh, being downtown. There's a lot more space to get drinks. You don't have to elbow people on get out of my way. One young Ben Kenny. Hello. Good morning, Benjamin. Hey. How are we doing today? I'm good, man. I'm excited. Well, yeah, the Phillies, Phillies, you know, we got Cardinals top reliever got hurt last night. We're in the playoffs. Eagles are undefeated. Oh, it is a, it's a beautiful day. Sixers haven't inevitably disappointed you yet. Like, I don't care about that basketball team. (laughs) Ben, what would you do? Doc Rivers is a bomb. He's such a bomb. He's Joe Girardi level bomb. You're in the stands. Aaron Judge has hit a 60 second home run. You catch it. What do you do? So I would like this kind of is the same thing with the live golf situation. If I was a Yankees, can we say I'm a Yankees fan in that situation? Or I'm not a road fan that doesn't care about the team for the love of money, Ben. Come on. Just, don't tell me you're going to give it whatever back you to want, him. whatever, whatever you're, you're a fit. You're you, you're Ben Kenny. If that you're, was a Phillies, Ryan, you're a Phillies fan there. You're if Ben that was Kenny. Ryan Howard. I'm giving him the baseball. Really? 100%. I, I, I know for it, would mean, for nothing? it would mean so much more to him. Now, I would get some things in return. Like what? I don't know. Money? That's, that's up for... I, I would. All right, let's say, let's say the one that tied it. He got uh, four signed baseballs, a bat, and a picture. Sure. Ben, I own a double rookie card of yeah. Ryan Howard and Cole Hamels. I'm I know LeBron. you're a Phillies fan. I'm not going to give it to you because I know you're a Phillies fan. You can buy it from me. <laughs> Hey, this is like, just, what are you talking about? This argument's going to go in circles. I would like to think that I know it means a lot to him, and I appreciate what he has achieved. I, I would give you. him the baseball. Rowdy says he's not going to bitch about the Brewers after tomorrow. I don't believe that, and I don't believe he wouldn't hold that ball hostage for money. Okay. There's no way. All right, put Ryan Howard out of it. It's Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge did it. You're Ben Kenny. 
Well, Philly. I would never be at that game if it was him. Just, That's the there. whole point. You're there. The I don't care who it You're so lame. You're so boring. I don't care who it was. I don't care if I was five and Jeff Jenkins sports asked radio, me you want to say, talk about this? No, I, I'll talk about it. You guys are clearly unhappy with the fact I would give it back. You, you, you it makes the Ryan no Howard sense. comparison. I'm talking Aaron Judge and you're Ben Kenny. I understand. I won't find myself in that situation, though. My point is the people in the that's stands not, have a connection to the Yankees. You're a, Therefore, you're want a joy. Judge to succeed you're a thief of are joy. a fan of his. You're a topic killer, a thief of joy. I'd give him the ball. You know what? If you Aaron did judge. That, yes. No. If well, you okay. gave away guess- that baseball for free, I would not only tell you that you owe me $20 from the Danny Willett bet. I would say I want 40 because you're the moron that should have all the money to pay off everybody. Yeah. Listen, I, how money's not going to buy everything. Well, you know, it's not going to buy anything. Zero, zero dollars. That's fair. I'd give it back. I would get things in return. Yeah, yeah. It would be well, a, ultimately a we're all going to moment it. as a but fan. To, of to me, this reminds me of like, this reminds me of the people on Facebook that scream about like climate change. And then they go in their, our Starbucks with their plastics, their microplastics, and they're throwing it away. And then they're telling everyone else that they need to like do this and this and this, but they're doing the exact opposite. Why does that remind you of this? Because younger. Oh, uh, I know there. is. Go there. It's my generation. You're not old is, enough yet to understand how much hypocrite, hypocritical people are. When you're in your younger 20s, people are such loser nesting near this as a hypocrite that they tell everyone else what to do, but they do the exact opposite. I'm not telling anyone what to do. I I'm know saying, not, but this is what it reminds me of. If it was me, I'd give them the ball. Like, we shouldn't, you shouldn't be drinking plastic bottles, going to fast foods, and, and buying, you know... Cheap clothing, and then what do they do? They're getting their Starbucks oh. with their plastic straws, buying cheap clothing, and and telling everyone else how to live their lives. I'm still and struggling I, to understand the comparison. But. I would say that uh, I grew up fast and became cynical very early for my age. Really, very early. <laughs> I think it was when he was and like, I learned to talk. Probably by about 13. I think his first words were "f you." But ultimately, I would. I would give it to him, but it's going to cost him a little bit. Yeah, I would give it like, to him too. Sure, yeah. I would even sell it back to him, but I don't want the ball just circulating at some loser collector's house for the next hundred years. I would tell Judge to pony up. Sure, as long as he gets the ball. That's yeah, my saying, whole point. Okay, I'm saying I'd sell it to Judge. Yes, but also not for that crazy amount Depending of money. Depending if eh, some sports owner came up and said, eh. oh, Judge wants one and a half mil, I'll give you three mil. All right. Eh. Huh, I give it to Judge for is, whoever has the best offer. That's who I'm giving it to. It's not a Nikki Mantle game never here. paid my no, bills. No, no, no. Ryan Howard never, never paid your bills. Yeah, well, he brought me a lot of happiness in my life, <laughs> and he deserves the ball. 